1: Palmer Bet on the edge of the box. Oh,
0: it's a straight up screamer. Download our
1: app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gamblers' help, call 1 858 858.
2: On the tier from Australia,
0: Adam Scott. What an up and down that was.
3: In your life have you seen anything like
0: that? Welcome to the Clubhouse.
1: Oh, yeah, we're back. It's a big weekend of golf right around the world, right around Australia. Great to have your company. This is the Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here. Big thanks to Cam Luke. For filling in on last week's show. We appreciate that from Cam while I was away, but uh, good to be back, Marco. What a weekend it is. It's
3: very nice to have a single figure marker on the other side <laughs> just, of the desk when I'm doing a just, golf show. It's just, it's going Why, out. what's happened? Oh, I've
1: had a couple of horrid rounds. Marco. What's happened, mate? You've disappeared for one rounds. week and you've yeah. lost it.
3: <laughs> I've gone and
1: played Royal Melbourne a couple of weeks ago, and ever since then, <laughs> horrible. Yeah, you can't go back. And I'm, I'm it's gonna... only the
3: number five golf course in the world, yeah. so you've only got four, uh, four, and, four above it.
1: Yeah. And I've I've gone and played some <laughs> some local tracks since then, and there's a yeah. few things that have annoyed me. Marco, go on. And Let's, I'm going to list them later on in the show. You're going to do it a bit later, I'm right? Top ten things that have annoyed me. Yeah. All right, <laughs> fair there's enough. A few things. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I want to get off my chest.
3: After watching this U.S. Open, yeah, I'm dying to play. I want to go play. Oh, Open. I do. I want to go how play. How good does it? Even look? though it looks tough and and all the rest of it, I reckon when it's set up for the members, and mm-hmm. it probably goes back to a par seventy two and the roughs back. Yep. It just looks like a classic, and I, I remember Ernie winning here. He shot. 279, which was actually 500 par, but it was a par 71 in 94. Yep. Um, when he played, there were trees all over the golf course. And here's a place where you couldn't see one hole to the next. You, you literally couldn't <laughs> see it because the trees were so big and so beautiful and all the rest of it. But my goodness, does it look unbelievable this particular yeah. week. And even though it's very difficult and though the rough is crazy and all the rest of it, I just want to play this place. Some, <laughs> some of those beautiful old classic American courses. Yeah. Ah, uh, sensational. Hey, what do you reckon you'd shoot? You're a single-figure marker. Uh, what do you reckon do you, you would shoot on this course? i you be to break 100. I, I, it's funny you say that, because I was listening to Mark Hayes, uh, who does great work for everybody back here yes, in this country. Works he for does. Golf Australia. He does. Uh, you, can, you can read his stuff at the Golf Australia website. He, yep. He's very, very good. Um, he asked Jason Day, because uh, Jason's seen mm-hmm. hazy play He said, what do you reckon I'd shoot on this place? And, and Jason Day said, you wouldn't shoot 130, which <laughs> is probably an exaggeration. Yeah. But... I used to take people, I still take people on um on Augusta trips. Yes. Uh, the Chasing Birdies tour, chasingbirdies.com.au. Uh, if you want to go uh, in a couple of years or next year or whenever you'd like. Uh we take people, we always stop somewhere beforehand mm-hmm. and in two thousand eight we stopped at Tory Pines. Right. Yes. Now Tory Pines is where Tiger Woods won his last major championship in ninety-one holes. So they four rounds he was tied with Rocco Mediate, played the eighteen hole playoff, still tied and then won on the first mm-hmm. extra hole with a broken leg question mark over that broken leg but that's another story <laughs> yes anyway um our group of about oh no there must have been 24 of us mm-hmm. teed it up at uh, this course and the rough was up all set in preparation for it no one broke 100 yeah. not one there's you know, some good golfers you know yeah. there's some bad golfers too you go? i was now uh, yeah, i'm glad you asked i was i was two over par <laughs> with four holes to play but i was playing Ridiculous, you know. I was holding bomb one bomb after another. Yep. I ended up shooting eighty, yeah. so I really made but, a mess of the last yeah. few holes. Still, joking. but it was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. It's it's very hard. And what it does is, is people don't understand how to play out of the rough. Once you get the hang of playing out of the long rough, then I think people can shoot in the nineties, maybe even the eighties. But if you've never seen rough like, if you come from Australia mm. and you've never seen rough like that before, then you don't you don't get you don't get the issues. Yeah. Our group—they're they're trying to hit four irons out of lies. That Tiger Woods would try and hit a yeah. nine iron out of.
1: Well, Marco, you <laughs> don't get it. You've obviously read my run sheet. Because Why? I've got point number two. Yeah, come on. Playing out of this long rough. Yeah. How do we do it? Oh, because well. I watched. I watched. Um, I can't remember the name of the show. It's uh, one of the golf channel in the US. Yep. Uh, they do like a lesson every week. Oh yeah, uh, was it golf, yeah. The golf fix. Or something? Golf fix. That's yeah, it. That's it. And I uh, watched it last night, and it was brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, it was a replay from earlier on in the week and yeah. um, he was talking about all the different uh, intricacies of Oakmont and he was giving a, a bit of a masterclass like you do yeah. about playing out of the rough. And it yeah. was fascinating
3: watching. Absolutely no, he's fascinating. He's good, that guy. He talks a lot, but yep. he's, he's really, really good. And talks quick. And talks fast. <laughs> he used to be the assistant pro at Augusta Country Club. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, the, Augusta National, excuse mm. me. Not not the, not the country club, Augusta yep. National. So they pinched him out of there. I'll think of his name in a second. Yep. Uh, yeah, the only the only thing he can do, uh, it's, it's like... When, when the rough is that long, um, the way they describe it in America, it's, it's like trying to hit a sand wedge or an 8 with a head cover on the 8-iron. It it's a marshmallow yeah. because you catch so much grass in between the ball. But w- what happens is it decelerates the club so much and your hands continue to go forward, so it actually de-lofts the club okay. as well. And when the club is de-lofted in this rough, then the ball actually never gets any elevation yep. to get... Out of the rough.
1: So you've got to open the club up a little bit.
3: So I think you've always got to open the club yes. face up to give it extra loft. I also think you have to pick the club up with your hands mm-hmm. very steeply yep. because when you come down on that sharper yep. descent, you don't catch as much, much grass, grass. Yeah, between the club <laughs> and the ball. But you've always got to remember when the gr- when, it, when it is that long, it doesn't matter how strong you are. Yep. It doesn't matter whether you're a Tiger. That club and that rough will be or the, the rough will de-loft your club severely. Mm. So the ball, unless you can hit a golf ball through a telephone book, which would be the equivalent, <laughs> yep. you just you can't do it. Yep. You can't hit the ball through that much rough, so you've got to get the ball to come up as fast as you can. So with experience, sometimes you can. your ball might be in some long grass, but right in front of your ball, there might have been a footprint or an old divot, so your ball mightn't have that much grass to go through. So it's not just the entry where the... Golf club yes. or the the club head will will um, attack the ball, but it's also you got to look at the entry point or the exit point yeah, of the golf ball, how it's going to come out. So there's a there's a bit to diagnose. Over there in US Open Michael type condition. Michael Breeze, well yeah. done. Yeah, he's good. Good talker. Yep. So a good talker.
1: You want the, the club coming in on a sharp angle and the ball coming out on a sharp angle? Oh, on the
3: sharp side. angle. So it's the only thing you need do eliminate
1: the ball and the club being in the rough for as long as
3: possible. As much drag as possible yep. with club head coming into the ball and also ball leaving the rough. Yep. I'm, I'm, you're, paying a lot, you're paying attention. Yes. You'll, you'll be down to four or five soon oh, the way not, you're going.
1: Not the way I'm going. <laughs> I
3: like what you're doing. You know what you're talking hey, about these days, Jules. It's very good.
1: US Open, Marco, these courses like Oakmont. And we yep. saw it last year as well These ridiculously quick greens yep. um, A lot of people out there are saying Do we want to see a tournament where five overs going to win? Yep What do you think, it fair? Is it fair? Is it, a, is it the best test in golf like they say?
3: Once a year I'm all for it You like it once a year? Once a year As yep. long as it's not crazy Yeah See, I, I, I played in one major I was really lucky yep. to play in one major It was the Open Championship at Carnoustie 1999 The year the little Frenchman went crazy now that golf course was set up unfair. There were layups on par fives so that were six steps wide. Yeah. So as wide as this room, mm. and it's you know you're trying to lay up, and, and, and you know what links fairways are like. There are yeah. hills and mounds and valleys, and we couldn't get the ball to stop this particular week, let alone as long as they don't do crazy stuff like they did that week at Carnoustie, which most people say is the toughest setup that anyone has ever seen in major golf history. Mm-hmm. Six over, got into a playoff. It was perfect conditions, mind you. Mm. And by the end of the week, they they understood their mistakes and they were cutting all the rough back. Yep. Um, as long as they don't go crazy, then it's okay. Now, from what I've seen this week, I haven't seen any rough in front of the greens, which is a big help. Yep. So you can actually hit a wedge from the rough and bounce the ball onto the front. Some of the U.S. Opens where it's just an island green and there is long rough before the green... I think that's where it's getting really unfair mm. because all you can do then is, is pitch out. But you want, you, know, you want players to look at that lie in the rough and say, you know what? If I jam a nine nine out of this, if I take a risk and jam a nine nine out of this lie, maybe I'll get a flyer and maybe the ball will bounce on the front edge and I'll have putter out. So that gamble, that risk, Reward situation That's what we want to see We want to see people Gambling and, and trying to escape But when they've got The rough before the green Like they used to Always do Well there's no What, what You might as well do, there's, not, there's no risk There's yeah. no gamble yeah. There's no reward For taking that There's risk. nothing yeah. I mean you've just Got to chip it out And hit your wedge on But what we've been Seeing this week Is, is different So even though It's extremely hard Even though there is a you know, a 280 yard par three, <laughs> downhill, I know, but still ridiculous. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a par four for the members. It used to be par 80 when they first built it. I really? A par 80. 80. Yeah, par 80. <laughs> and I've also, yeah, courses like Huntingdale, very yeah. famous tournament golf course. I've seen a golf card at Huntingdale, one of the first ever cards there it was a par 78. So awesome. the first was a par five, you yeah, know. So yeah. the same sort of stuff has happened through time, but they always seem to come back. So for the members of 72, um, for the tournaments, most US Opens, uh, you know, they come down to a seventy-one or a seventy. Uh, yeah, I I, I, I want to play this course. Mm. I, I want to go check it out. Yeah, you see, that
1: Church, I think it's church, church pew bunker. Yeah, there's
3: some on the third. They're the really yeah. famous ones, and then yeah. there are the baby Church pews yeah. on about the fifteenth.
1: How good does it look? How good does it look?
3: It does look sensational. It does look really good. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's funny when they get a course set up. I, I, again, I would love to see these golf courses for a club championship, for yeah. instance, and just see how they do things Different. then. Yep. Yeah, I, I would like to see it. But look, for the for the world's best um, and for a US Open, I think these conditions, I think they're getting it right. You know, yeah. they'll move tees forward. You know, we saw that at Tory Pines last mm-hmm. time. Uh, the Open was played there. They were moving tees forward, so you've got the option to drive a couple of holes. So the 17th, I reckon last time it was played there, Jim Furyk uh, took out driver and tried to you know, attack the last hole. Uh, ended up making a bogey and losing to Engel Cabrera by a shot. And Tiger Woods, I think, was one shot behind as well. So I like that situation as well. The 17th is only a short par four. But uh, the boys will be, you know, maybe having a ping on that last day, or, and just to, to make up some ground. So, yep. there's there's lots to like about Auckland. I, I, I love the place. I
1: just I love the whole narrative around the, yeah. the course and US Open, and it's just you uh, know it's so good.
3: You know, the the, the greens uh, here in Australia, we, we try to get rid of Poa. It's called Poana yep. uh, greens. They have a strain. Of Poana mm. that they never want to get rid of. Apparently, it is so pure, so perfect, right. and so fast. Now, if you played Yarra Yarra down here in Melbourne, uh, they've got Poa greens as well, uh-huh. and they are very fast greens, particularly in winter because they they don't have to worry about the the Poa burning off in summer. You know, it doesn't survive well yeah. without water. Um, but up there in you know the high country, yeah. you know, you're getting north up there in Pennsylvania, it doesn't of, get as hot. The members, they reckon. You that know, they play their greens when the ball runs at about 15, 15 and a half. They're saying, the members are saying, that they had to, had to slow the greens down for the pros this week. <laughs> Please. <laughs> they say it every time it's played there, mate, so I can only believe them. I can only believe them. And if, like I said, if you've ever played Yarra Yarra Golf Club and you know how fast those greens can get, yes, I mean, you can imagine an even finer strain yeah. of power greens. <laughs> they would be unbelievably quick. Very true, but yeah. unbelievably quick. And, you know, I think... I think if you use all your money trying to improve the yeah. power you've got instead of trying to spend all your money trying to get rid of power, then I think it's a it's a good surface to play, you know, with yeah. rollers and everything that they know now. I don't think it's such a bad surface. Maybe we we're better, you know, some of the clubs who are spending yeah. millions of dollars trying to get rid of it. Yes. Maybe they should have a quick look this week and see what they're doing over there and, and maybe they can bring it back.
1: Love some of the videos earlier in the week, Marco, of the players on their practice rounds just yeah. having, just tricking up on yeah. the greens and, you know, Rory's shot where he hit it up the hill and yeah. came back down and then trickled into the green. What about the
3: ninth hole? What about the ninth hole where the green is actually an extension the of the practice putting green? How does that work? Oh, I don't know, but I, I love all that... that stuff. There's yeah. just a little dip, there's a yeah. little gully. There is, yeah. There's a little gully and then there's, you know, Know, the practice green, all We're the players are warming <laughs> up. But I love those crazy little things, yeah. you know. Those little things like that, like a crossover hole in mm. some courses. Yes. Just the little idiosyncrasies, just something that's out of whack. Yep. I love it. You know, at, King- at Kingston Heath, when they play um, a tournament there these days, the first hole, or it's actually the 10th hole when they play a tournament there these days, but the tee the, the, the is actually basically one step out of the spike bar. You know, it's right <laughs> next to the clubhouse. Yeah. Just those little weird things at golf courses Make them, you know, Royal, Adela- Royal Adelaide. Uh, the train goes right through the middle of the course yeah. all that sort of stuff just some of the weird little things some of the golf courses in Britain where there are actually stone fences that have been around for <laughs> 600 years that just run right next to a green yep. all those little things are fantastic things and, that are unique to a golf course yeah and have to uh, look at that one week yeah well maybe we should yeah and and yeah you know, just Oakmont with the practice putting green being part of the ninth green I reckon yep. that's another one mm. in the in the same vein that we're talking about
1: love it we have got to get to a break Marco we're gonna come back a few things that I played to, played yeah, twice. I want to hear this. Played twice in the last four. I haven't haven't had thirty points on either round. Yeah, so no good, mate. And there's a few things that have. Uh, <laughs> have
3: you been putting from off the green where you can? Yeah, you when start I can. But chipping made off these wet not, lies, I you'll need, be in trouble.
1: I need to uh, talk to you about some long range putts All a little right, bit later on it. as well. I'm get it. to a break. More clubhouse right after this.
3: In your life, have you seen anything like
1: that? <laughs> You're listening to the Clubhouse. Welcome back to the Clubhouse. Great to have you company. We're talking all things golf on this US Open weekend. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. And Marco, a brilliant story we should mention from last weekend.
3: Daniel Berger. Yes. Having a win. His first win. Did you see his golf swing? It's different. Yeah, it's an unusual golf mm. swing. And it's a skinny kid golf swing is what yeah. I call them. So <laughs> a lot of the time, and I've heard Daniel talk about this, um, a lot of the time when you are a skinny little kid, And, you know, you get knocked around the basketball court or you get knocked around on the footy field or whatever. Uh, You're too tall for soccer. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, and you go to golf eventually. Um, Because you are skinny, generally speaking, not too many skinny kids are muscly kids. That's right. So they're given a golf club, quite often mum's old golf clubs, that are probably way too heavy for them. And Daniel Berger, uh, his golf swing is a result of him... Ingraining a golf swing when he was a kid because his clubs were too heavy, and I've I've been to a couple of Tiger Woods clinics, and he always talks about this in, in his clinics that some of the things that he fights in his golf swing are a result of his father years ago when you know there weren't any different products around, but he would dad just cut off their old clubs, yep. whacked the kid's grip on it, and said, "Here you go, Charlie, yeah, go yeah. and go Enjoy. and play, go Enjoy. and play." But the clubs are too heavy, yep. and. What happens in the end is these little kids are swinging a golf club like it is a sledgehammer. Yep. <laughs> and like if I gave you a sledgehammer to swing, Jules, I wouldn't probably your swing wouldn't look high. the same. No, It just wouldn't. Um, so when you see Daniel Berger rip it inside up the top and you can see the club pointing in a, in a funny direction, it's a bit like somebody putting braces on your teeth. You know, your teeth want to go one way, but because there is so much pressure mm-hmm. on the golf club or, you, you know, making it fall one way then you get stuck with the Daniel Berger type action nice analogy Michael. and you can even see how you, know, you can see how skinny the kid is now to this yeah. day I mean he's never going to put on weight his whole life and it, it's funny because um, I watched him play on Sunday and I took my little boy Kelly down to hit a few shots and you know I, I got him a golf club uh, for Chrissy, it was a kid's club, yep. but I was always worried about the grip. Yeah, even though it was a kid's grip, I mean, he, the grip was only a little bit smaller than my grips. Yeah, I, okay. I have thin grips on my clubs, but it was only a little bit smaller than my grips. I put his hand next to my hand, and his hand is half the size. Yeah. So we went in the pro shop, and you know, we had a bit of a chat, and I saw these clubs over in the corner. Now, th- there are two great t- styles of clubs you can get, US Kids Golf Clubs or Golfing. It's golfin. like it's like dolphin, mm-hmm. but spelt golfin. Yep, um, they're great. So the reason they're good is because the grips are so small and the shafts have a little bit of give. So even the kids' clubs are you know are in vogue at the moment. They're light. They're small. They're not anywhere near this stuff. So I'd watch Kelly, uh, my son, hit twenty five shots with his big driver. Yeah, and again, it's just like a little kid <laughs> swinging. Yeah, you know, he's swinging a sledgehammer. Yeah. even though it's light for us. It's so, it's so so heavy for them. Yeah. And I, just, I caught my, the, the U.S. kids display caught my eye. We went over there and I said, all right, come on, let's do that. So we got him one that fits. And you know, what they do is they like, you, your kid just stands next to this stick. Yep. And there are colors on the stick. And my boy was, uh, what, what's Port Adelaide's green? What do you call that? Teal. Teal. Kelly was t- as tall as the teal color. Uh-huh. So we just grabbed a teal club and we went back out there. Now this club, the grips were so thin. Like as thin as, you know, not much thicker than the pen you're holding there. That's right. So, half the size of my grips. Yeah. He puts his hands on the club for the first time and it was perfect. Uh, the, the shaft had much more given it. Graphite shaft? Yeah, graphite shaft, yep. absolutely. And it was very, very light. It was probably you know, even lighter, but this, the head was smaller, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter at this age. I mean, if they have to struggle to find the yeah. face, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference, don't worry about you know the shots went better. But the difference in swing was so important for me to see, and um, particularly it's all Daniel Berger's fault. Thanks, Daniel, for you know, cause I was watching it and thinking, poor kid has been battling, yep. you know, his dad's heavy club since he was a kid. But again, Kelly Kelly started swinging this club. It he was having more fun. It was easier for him to do. He was holding his finish. All those beautiful habits that you want kids to do that you don't want to have to reteach them when they're about twelve. You want to get them to twelve and being able to hold the club properly. When they're twelve, finish properly, um, make a decent turn and not overswing. All those things that you want them done in cement by twelve. He was doing. Uh, he turns. You know, he turns seven today actually yeah. on, on Sunday. He seven. So all those things he was doing. So it's just it's a no-brainer for me. Light Makes light an, light an light enormous light. difference. Now so you're at, teaching your kid, get him. Yeah, the that's ride. right. Clubs. So now, at, at, if he's at twelve years old and he's actually got all those things we're just talking about, then if he wants to go on with it, then it's not a big process to teach him actually how to yeah. play the game. So make sure you look out for golfing clubs for your mm-hmm. kids if they're under ten. Or U.S. kids' golf clubs because they are sensational. I
1: tell you what, if your kid doesn't have the best swing by the time he's twelve, Marco. Okay.
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're planning on a couple of Australian <laughs> Opens pretty early. Now, yeah. what have you seen on golf courses well, you're not I'm, happy I've about?
1: Played twice in the last twenty
3: something um, points. Yeah, should horrible. Be, should be ashamed of yourself.
1: I am ashamed of myself. Good, but I've going around the course. I've got growingly frustrated with a few things that I've seen, I know. and a few things this I've is played interesting. with. Played with a couple of randoms. Right. They annoyed me with a few things. Right. So I think oh, a lot yeah, of people, is good. a lot of people out there listening can relate to a lot of what I'm about to say.
3: Excellent. So how often do you play with randoms? Uh most weeks. All right. So That's most good. weeks I either
1: play with my dad um, and a mate and there's normally okay. another guy, or yeah. last week I played just with a mate and there were two other guys.
3: Right I I cannot wait for this.
1: So ten things, Marco, I've listed. Ten. <laughs> We've got a top around. ten. Yeah. A couple of them are all things that annoy you. things. Couple of th other people, a couple of things are equipment things and a oh, couple of things this are course is things. Golden. Let's go. So number
3: ten. <laughs> number ten.
1: When you're on the green, right, yeah, yeah. and you're part is, or your ball is inside their line You've marked it Yeah And it's nowhere near the line of their putt Yeah And you're somewhere else And they go Oh mate can you just go and move your marker or club it to the right No Mate If you're hitting that marker <laughs> yeah. No Fair income.
3: Just say mate Are you mate, kidding are me you seriously
1: Like Yeah Number 10
3: Good And Tick. I reckon everyone agrees with that Thumbs
1: up Tick. Number 9 Yep Sun came out Yes The Shadower Oh no The man is sha- The shadow is straight in the line of my putt And you're like mate Seriously yeah. Just, how hard is it?
3: How about when the shadow's on your golf ball when oh, you're about to hit your driver? And, I mean, how many times... He starts looking around, you yeah. can see his hat going yeah. all over the place. Yeah,
1: He starts swinging an arm behind you because he thinks yeah. that he's not in the line.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so you need a fine system when we play. Yeah.
1: All right, so, so there's two. That's number nine, the all shadow. Right. Yep. Tick. Number eight, the group in front of you, the slow play. Not the slow play just because they're slow. Yeah. The overestimator of how good
3: his shot's going to be.
1: <laughs> so you're on a par five. It's 270 right? metres out. And he hasn't hit one flush all day.
3: He's only got a five wooden. in the back. Hey, bag.
1: mate, if I get onto this, I could get <laughs> that 280 <laughs> yes. onto that green. And you're back on the tee thinking, mate, you haven't hit one yeah. all day. And then he, he gets his driver out yeah. right? and he takes eight practice swings. Yeah. There's, the people are still on the green, yeah. 280 away. And then he duffs it fifty meters up the yep. track, yep. and he goes and plays again, and yep. he still doesn't hit it again. Tick, oh, mate, hate that guy. The overestimator on your ability, hate that guy. Seriously. If you fl- if you flush it and you make the green, when you next see the group, you go, sorry guys, I didn't yeah. didn't mean to get that far. The I didn't ball, think I think could get ball, the
3: ball is actually just going to <laughs> roll onto the green. At your very, b- that's okay. Yeah, you're only going to bruise someone's mate, ankle. You're not going to fly at two eighty. Yeah, that's right. Hurt someone. <laughs> Jason Day can't fly at two eighty yeah. off the deck.
1: So that was number eight, the, the uh, overestimator. Yeah, nice. Tick. Number seven. The guy who knows, thinks he knows everything about golf. Right. So you're on the green. Hey, mate, that's not how you repair that pitch mark. Right. Like, mate, that's not how you do it. Hey, mate, you should be teeing up that ball a little bit higher than what you are. And trust me, it'll make a difference. That's not cool. Hey, mate, um, when you're lining up that putt, hold your putter up. i tell you, it makes a difference to the... Plumb bobbing.
3: Mate, never been more ridiculous thing in golf than Ball. The bloke's, the bloke's eighty shots habit. through seven holes.
1: <laughs> He's giving you all these tips. <laughs> that's it. <Mate>. He's playing <laughs> off twenty eight. Yeah, uh, all right. I like that. So that's number seven. Yeah. Number six, the hole scooper. Too lazy to bend down and pick the ball out of the hole. Puts the toe of the putter it in. Puts the toe of the putter in. It scoops it out. And ruins the hole. Digs the boy
3: There should be fines for all this. Just a dollar, gold whole, coin. How hard is it to bend out? Gold and if coin, you ca- fines. If your knees
1: are cooked, yep. get one of those little suction caps on your putter. And yep. Get it fine,
3: fine system should yep. be in place at all golf clubs.
1: So number six. Uh, number five, uneven tee boxes. Can't cop it. Yeah. So there's been, been that much sand put on there over time that it's in the shape <laughs> of a mound. <laughs> right? So you're lining up. You always
3: wonder, don't on a
1: downhill, downhill stance or an uphill stance. How hard is it to have a flat tee box?
3: Just get it right. Why does it happen? Were they thinking about drainage back yeah, in those days? I don't know. They're going to make it like the old MCG or like the old BFL Park used Just to be. Flatten it out. Just make it flat. Yeah. All right. Yep.
1: Number four. I love my GPS. Yeah. But when the batteries go halfway through around, it's no good. Yeah, it's your own fault. No good. <laughs> but and it's just one of those things that annoys me. Because there's no warning light that your battery's about to go. Yeah. So you you're taking a gamble before your yeah. round that you're gonna last eighteen holes. And when uh, you don't, you you're I played round. with a
3: guy once over in the States. <laughs> yeah. He had a GPS, he had a rangefinder, yeah, and he had the the uh GPS in the cart as well. I oh, know. So he would look at his own watch. Yeah. And see, it was you know two hundred and thirty-five. Then he would go into the golf car. And it was two hundred and thirty-five. Yep. And then he'd get the GPS out, and it was two hundred and thirty-six. Mm-hmm. And then he'd ask me what I thought. <laughs> I mean, come on, mate. come on, mate! Hit the ball. <laughs> so,
1: GPS battery number four. Yep. Number three, rain. Simple, easy. Rain can't yep. cop it. Yes. Don't like it. Walk off. Go away.
3: If it's there, if it's on the radar, mate, don't yep. play. Do number favour.
1: Number two, the shot counter. You put the ball in the hole, and he goes back, stands on the green, and goes. I was one in the trees, two chip out, three short, four onto the green, five. Then I think a three putted. Did I count that last one, Um, mate? You should know every shot. What shot it is? Yeah, (laughs) mate. Come on. That's number two, and number one, Marco. Number one. The bloke, the the non-ball watcher. He hacks one off the tee into the into the rough, into the trees. And he bends down straight away and picks his tee up and look, doesn't watch yeah. it. And yeah. then goes up there and he's 50 metres away from where his ball was. Yep. And he goes, hey, mate, did you see where that one went? Hey, mate. Yeah, I did. But you weren't watching. So yeah. why am I going to help you?
3: "Mate." And then after he's done it about 15 times for the day yeah. and you don't help him.
1: Yeah. Because you he had goes, enough. Hey, mate, hey, mate chance what you about help? help? Yeah. Yeah. Watch
3: the ball. Watch the ball. If
1: you hit it in the rough.
3: Watch the ball.
1: That's that's my number one hate on a yeah, golf course, good. Marco.
3: Oh, for those guys, I just don't help. Yeah. They hit it, if, they, if I know they haven't watched their ball yeah. and they're in the wrong spot, uh, I just keep walking. Bad luck. I'm playing my shot, mate. So watch the ball. Apologies,
1: everyone, for the rant, but I had to get a few things. No, I it think just. it was
3: accurate. Yeah. I, I can't fault you on mm. one of them, except mm. for the um, if you've pitched a plug mark. If you're not fixing your plug mark, plug mark properly. Oh, that's properly, a given though. That's a given. Come on, mate. Yeah. You're not making the big, you know, the big mud spot. Eh? You've got to make. You've got to bend the grass mate. in so there's no mud spot,
1: mate. That is exactly what I was doing, and I was he like, telling you, well, you to go do get underneath and pull the thing up. I'm like, mate, no, that's not how you, no, you do it. you Don't pull
3: the thing up. You you scrunch yeah. the grass inwards, yeah. and you I, scrunch. I often use my you don't pull to anything
1: up. Tap the top of the grass back across to make yeah, it look nice it. and neat. That's, that's what it. I was doing, and he comes up and goes, "Hey, mate, you know you should really be uh, digging it like this." I'm like, mate, no. Have a look at all my pitch repair marks compared to Can't yours. Can't even tell that
3: there was anything there. I hate those guys <sighs> who just dig their thing in and then just bring up mud yep. and make the mud flat yep. with the no hate don't it. do that hate man. it Idiot. annoying what about you missed one <laughs> yeah. you missed one oh, okay the guy who leaves the rake on the uh, face oh. of the bunker mate I can't walk past the bunker <laughs> if there's a, and by the way golfers if you believe in karma and yep. I do if you see a rake on the side of a, a, a lip or something go and fix it Good, car, good things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Yep. If you see a big footmark, and you know you mightn't even be in the bunker, just get just in, do, give it a quick rake. Good things happen to nice people. Yeah, go and do it. Help out to your do. members.
1: Hey, quick one before we get to the break. Yeah, little mini masterclass, and it's more so to do with my
3: game. She's oh, very. It's all about you today, He's, Jules. Uh,
1: playing in the rain and don't like it, but sometimes you have got to do it. Yeah. Now, when the glove gets wet, the grip gets wet. Yep. Your hands are wet. Everything's wet. Yes, yes. How do we stop the club from slipping on the downstroke?
3: No, you've got to have two gloves. You can't have that. You know the old glove. You know when you just about had enough of that one glove? Yep. You're just about to. It's probably got two rounds left. Mm-hmm. The two-round left glove is very <laughs> important on the rainy day yes. when you have to play. Yeah. So you've got to have that one glove mm. that's probably got two or three rounds left. You know, Usually they last about, I don't know, 20, 30 rounds if you're a, for an amateur player. Yep. The one that's got two and not many big holes, got to keep that one. They've always got to have that spare one because the only way you can do it is when you've got the umbrella up, you've got one glove under the umbrella, strapped to the top, Ah, yes. and then you use the other glove. So while one glove is drying off under your umbrella in the soaking rain, mm-hmm. and the other one is gradually getting wetter and wetter, and then once it's dried out a little bit, you do the swap Yep. and you put your glove... Nice up under the umbrella on what do you call those things? The sticks that hold the umbrella. Stems? The stems. <laughs> I don't know. Stems will do. <laughs> put the glove, you know, put get the um uh the velcro uh-huh. and stick it up there. So one glove dries, yep. the other one slowly gets wet. And you've just got to do the swapperoo the whole way around. Don't mind. Nothing you can do. Yeah. Don't mind. The all switcheroo. Good tip. The old switcheroo works for so many things. That's
1: it. <laughs> Got to get to a break, Marco. Lots we gonna more to come. For, we gonna we're going to hear from. We're going to hear from the a boys? Few of the players from uh, during the week, because they're fascinating. Before a, a Masters, oh, it's uh, always nice. A major championship. It's always
3: nice right? to marry up what they were thinking before they started it's to where they journey, are yeah. just at the moment. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll uh, hear from them right after this on the clubhouse. In your life, have you seen anything like
1: that? You're listening to the Clubhouse. Yeah, welcome back. Julian Bayard, Mark Allen with you. We're talking all things golf right across Australia on the clubhouse. Time to go inside the clubhouse for Club Mandalay Golf Course, Melbourne's newest golfing experience in the north. It's uh, Melbourne's newest golf course located just off the Hume Highway in Melbourne's north. Clubmandalay.com.au. Great coffees and a mean
3: toasted sandwich up there. Yes, please. And green
1: feast seven days a week too. Yes, Saturday as well. Mm. Thank you. Seven days a week. Clubmandalay.com.au. Wow. All the details. Book you round. It's great. Mm. Hey, love hearing from the Big guns, yes. Pre major
3: championship. Let's marry things up: how they're feeling beforehand
1: versus how they're tracking right now. Got four of them, Marco. Four of the men we want to hear. Jason Day, of course. Let's go to him first. Let's have a listen. Jason Day
0: during the week. It's great to be uh, be here. You know, this is my agent's backyard, and I've you know I came here when I was 18 and and played Oakmont for the first time, and um, you know almost feels feels like home just because of where he's from, and um, yeah, yeah, I played great. Uh, You know, I've being very close to winning a U.S. Open, especially over the last few years, and um, had two second-place finishes, and um, obviously one of them wasn't that close with Rory, you know, kind of blowing the field out. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it, this is this is one tournament that is very stressful, and I, I feel like I, I thrive under stress, and 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 hopefully I can do that this you know this year. Well, yeah, I mean, I've always said it, you know, ever since I started playing uh, major golf, is that you have to uh, you have to come in two major championships and 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 they have your attitude has to be on point you have to have a good attitude regardless of what situation is I mean you saw it last year at um Chambers Bay with some a lot of the professionals complaining about the about the greens that's it just doesn't help um yeah this this year we got tough rough the greens are tough practically the whole course is tough um and you just got to Go with it and, and try and play your best and, and, and hope, hope for the best sometimes. But, um, yeah, I mean, attitude is, is huge. And I think, you know, when you're in stressful situations like you are at US Opens, where this, this is usually the toughest course we play every single year.
1: Number one golfer there, Marco. Yeah, Loves, right the yeah. Loves the presser. Loves <laughs> the presser. He's always sick. Why don't we hear from the other... Yeah, I know. <laughs> What's going
3: on? I think he likes the vitamin B shot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Get some OJ in you. Yeah, something. <laughs> do something, <laughs> mate. That's what happens when you have two young it's kids chicken running running around soup. with
3: you all day. Yeah, that's right.
1: Who <laughs> hey, we got next? Uh, Adam Scott. Yeah, beautiful. To go to the next Australian. Let's do that. Um, had packed press conference Come on, Scott. Come on, Scotty. Let's have a listen.
2: Trying to think about it logically, you're just going to have to hit hit fairways. Uh, no matter what club and strategy you have off the tee, the guy who wins Sunday is going to have to hit some fairways. Uh, it would be surprising if he got it around here Sunday scrambling and won the tournament. I'm sh- uh, With the caliber of players here and whoever's in the form this week, I think the guy Sunday he goes out and hits the fairways is going to give himself the best chance for the most birdies. You, you're going to make some errors. But you're going to have to be in the short grass to make enough birdies. Putting it all together is the key. I could be the best putter on the field this week. But if I didn't hit a fairway, I probably won't have a chance. Uh, You know, I'll just struggle around all week. And uh, somehow, I'm going to have to put it all together. But I do feel it's a bit of a leveler, these greens, if I didn't say that before. You know, they're so difficult, the long range stuff and the speed that's involved. course someone's gonna make some long putts but I, I think it's gonna be much tougher than usual and and leaving you have to be so careful on really long putts over 40 feet if you're just a foot or so offline they can really get away from you and end up breaking 12 feet away
1: from the hole um, without hitting that bad a putt. It's be interesting to see how he goes on the greens, Adam Scott, I reckon,
3: mm. Mark. I think the claw helps. The really, really, really fast greens mm. when you use the claw putting grip because yep. when you use the claw, you don't use the claw. Mm. You act the claw is a passenger. So whatever is your claw hand, it is a full-on passenger when you putt. So on fast greens, it should help Adam Scott.
1: Next man we're going to have a listen to is the Irishman.
3: Hey, Rory McIlroy. The McElroy. Rory McIlroy, the number one driver as far as strokes gained on the US tour. Let's take a listen. You know, we were talking there
4: on the back nine earlier. It, it just you, you have to be so disciplined, and you know whether it be with with targets. I think one of the bi- one of the real challenges about this golf course, especially after they've taken so many trees away, is it's a big, wide open space now, and. You're hitting into these tight fairways, and and there, there's not really a whole lot of definition out there. So you have to be so, you know, zoned into where you want your targets to be. In the, and I, it's probably a little easier for us this week than it is for the members because we have you know grandstands to hit at and TV towers and whatever. Where you know members playing this place day in day out, they don't have anything to aim at out there. It's really it's really hard to get your to get your targets off the tees and 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 into the greens and. You know, we were talking on 16 there. I mean, I think for me, no matter where that pin is on that green, if you hit it at those two TV towers and try to land it seven or eight paces on the green, you're always going to leave yourself, you know, a, a decent leave to whatever pin that is. So I think you just have to be really disciplined and trust the numbers and trust that, you know you, could be, you know, you could go a whole round here without hitting at any pin, you know, and, and just trust that where you're hitting it into the spots is the best leave and, and giving yourself the best. I mean, I'd much rather have a 30-foot a putt up the hill on these greens than, than even an 8-footer down the hill, you know. So you, you just have to be so disciplined and know that, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a, an aggressive player as well, so there's just going to be times where I'm going to have to rein it back a
3: little bit.
1: There is is, Marco, Rory McIlroy. Now, the next man is perhaps my favourite man to hear from, Big Phil. I love Phil, Phil Mickelson. Yeah, he's great before he's majors. He's awesome, and he gives you a great insight. He's fun, and mm. uh, probably the best time you get him is before. You know, before
3: the week, I said he couldn't possibly win. Yeah. Mm. Let's, let's see how he was feeling before the tournament started.
5: I think that um, it accomplishes the goal that the, the, the members want, which is to have the hardest course in, in in the world or in America or wherever, and I think they've accomplished that. I think that there's no reprieve uh, off the tee. There's no reprieve into the greens, and there's no, certainly no reprieve on the greens. These greens are way more difficult to putt than Augusta's because where the hole locations are, they're pitched twice as much, and uh, the green speeds are, are comparable. now. With all that being said, I believe it also gives me the best chance because after 25 years, uh, you you have to really uh, know how to play this style of golf. It's just not like a regular tour event. It's not like going out and playing golf at, at any other golf course. This is a, a whole different uh, style of, of golf, something that over the years I've become very effective at playing. And, and because of that, I, I would love to see it cross the line the way uh, U.S. Opens often do. And, Become uh, a little bit over the edge that that actually benefits me because we're going to have a winner at the end of the week. Whatever that score is, who cares if it's you know five under or twelve over? It doesn't matter. The lowest score wins, and so I don't. I, I would like to see it go over that edge because I feel like I've learned how to play that style of golf, and and this golf course uh, specifically. Uh, even though past performance hasn't been it over those those two. Uh, opens, over the times that I've prepared, I feel like I've developed a game plan now coming in that that will allow me to shoot the lowest score, but you still have to execute. You still have to hit great shots, make putts. The hardest par four I've ever seen in my life is the ninth hole. Now, theoretically, it's a par five that they just slapped a four on the, on the card, but that, that green is extremely difficult to get a wedge close, and we're coming in there with three and four irons, and there's no area to miss of the, off the fairway. You, you, if you miss it left, you're in the hazard. If you miss it right, and you're a bunker, you're wedging out. So you have to hit the fairway. Then when you hit the green, you have one of the most difficult two putts of any, any green out here in any, any golf course we play. So I think the ninth hole is the hardest par uh, that, that I think I've ever seen. There he is, Marco. Let's see how your mission oh, goes right as <laughs> the weekend unfolds. you, doc. <laughs> it's all for Club <laughs> Mandalay,
1: Melbourne's newest golfing experience in the north, just 20 minutes from Melbourne Airport, off the Hume Highway, clubmandalay.com.au. We've got to get to a break. Your masterclass, masterclass next. Yeah, you want to hang around next. for this one. It's a ripper. We'll get back to that right after this. Marco's Masterclass. Uh, We were talking in the ad break, Marco, about Marco's Masterclass. It's where you get Mm. the best lesson in radio and golf. And I was asking you for a little putting tip, and you've just given it a, well, I've done that 15 times. 15 times, mate.
3: Thanks for listening. I'll show you after the program. I'll show you again after the program. Sorry about that. No worries. Now, today, footwork. It's always very, very important in golf. I, I, I use footwork all the time because it's so important where your weight is distributed. Now, so many people, when they get their weight in the right spot, Finally, they get the weight in the right spot. Mm. They've been on their heels their whole life and they start to move their feet to where it feels like their feet are sinking into the ground. If you if you stand at the golf ball at a dress and you're not feeling like your feet are sinking into the ground, then your feet aren't doing the right stuff. Yeah. But once people have finally done that, you know, the only bad place you can really be uh, is on your heels. Once people have finally moved to the front of their feet or to where they feel like their feet are sinking into the ground, the very first thing they do in their golf swing is all the weight goes back mm. to their heels. And if that happens, if all the weight goes straight back to the heels right at the very first turning point in your golf swing, the takeaway, then everything moves. Your, your, your centers of your golf swing, you know, the hubs of your golf swing, yep. they move out of whack. So it is very, very important. I'm only going to say this once, Jules, so listen, because I know you don't listen. This is normally (laughs) your switch-off time.
1: I listen every week, Marco. When
3: you start (laughs) your backswing, your weight does not go straight back to the heels. The weight stays basically in the same spot when you start your takeaway. So many people throw the club back, Mm. and in, in an effort to throw the club back, their weight goes all over the place. So when you start your turn, when you start your backswing, your weight on your feet... Stay the same. Yep. Don't throw. Don't get. Don't start in the right go place back. and then whiz back to the heels. Don't do that because you're chasing your tail for the rest of your swing. Always so a
1: really simple one. Stay on that front. Sink in feeling. That's right.
3: Get your feet sinking into the ground. Yep. So if your weight, you can imagine, if your weight's on the heels, by definition, the rest of your feet are just kind of up in the air. Yep. So you've you've got to have both feet planted into the ground like it. And if it's the first time you've done it, normally like I said, you start your swing and whoosh. Yeah, back swing, you go man. onto the heels and now you're stuffed. And all that hard work and all the fiddling around yeah. is out the window. So no once you start your turn, keep the weight in the same place. Beautifully done Marco. Great hey. masterclass. Yeah. Now, uh, fingers crossed. Fingers, fingers crossed, crossed. For a Australian winner.
1: All the latest scores come up in the news. Come on. Be Make nice. Sure stay tuned. Catch you next week. We'll see you next week Marco. Full wrap of the US Open.
5: We'll see you then.